Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I'm interviewing one of my friends, April, um, also known as the Bodzilla. She is absolutely incredible. If you guys listen to my Rule Benders podcast, you would have heard me interview her there. Since then, we've met in person. Um, she's become a friend of mine, and I think she's absolutely amazing and also such a good fucking time. She is a model. She is an activist. She wears many, many hats, but um, she also is a podcaster. And she's got a podcast called The Bodcast. So I highly recommend that if you are if you enjoy this chat, definitely jump over and listen to her podcast. But I'm going to leave the rest of explaining what she's all about and what she does. She's much better at doing it. So I'm going to leave it up to her. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. And I'm going to leave up like a discussion little thing on the Facebook group if you want to continue this discussion on the group. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And I'm sure you're going to absolutely love April. We're going to talk all things self-love, body image, confidence, you know, how to really be, you know, love the skin that you're in and just be yourself basically. So she's probably one of the best people to talk about this. So enjoy. Let's begin. All right. Welcome April, aka The Bodzilla. So good to have you on the podcast. Ah, it's so good to be on the podcast. It's good to see you. I feel like it's a long time since I saw you last. I know. We went out. Uh, it feels like ages ago, but we did go out for a stunning boozy lunch a couple of months ago now. Like maybe two months, maybe less. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Literally no clue. Like what year, what month. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> so crazy. But yeah, that was amazing. And we had never actually met in person. We had met because I interviewed you on Rule Benders podcast. And that was the yeah. first time we probably met, which was amazing. And then we thought... We need to actually see each other in person. And you were in Sydney, so we had an amazing time. That was great. Yeah, it was perfect. It was the perfect wrap-up to a weekend. I'd been on a hen's weekend with one of my best friends yeah. and then I chose to stay an extra night. Everyone else was like, bye. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, see ya. Going out for lunch. We had the best time. We it did the have best. the best time. And then you met Liv. It was great. It was so good. Um, so what I'd love to start with, because there's so many topics we can cover over the next kind of 50 minutes, but what I'd love to start with is just for you to share with my audience, for those of the audience that haven't listened to the Rule Benders episode, just share a bit about who you are, what you do, a bit about yourself. Sure. Well, um, that was a perfect moment. I don't know if anyone else could hear that, but um, I could hear my four-year-old rampaging through the lounge room. So if you did hear that, um, one of the things I am is a mum to one four-year-old and wow, one is enough. Anyway, (laughs) moving right along. Uh, And I'm also uh, an activist, a model, a writer, content creator. I work full-time as well as doing all of that uh, in an office job, doing media and communications. I've been married to my husband for, I don't don't know how many years now like because again time doesn't mean anything I want to say it's four coming up to four but regardless your poor um, husband's like I know the exact date time I know everything <laughs> probably because that is kind of the vibe for us he's like what are, are you serious and I'm like sorry <laughs> I love you <laughs> um but <laughs> but I do I do it's just one of those things I think where I have literally um as we were saying before just sort of lost track of time mm. so it doesn't feel like any time and yet it feels like forever since you know before the way we are now uh yeah so what I basically I I think of myself as someone who just wants to really change the world by simply being who I am yeah Uh, I think that's probably the nice short version um of everything we're probably going to talk about over the next little while but yeah I just I want I want to make things better and I think that I've been given a bit of a a bit of a superpower to to do that because after everything we've, you know, we've all been through in life in terms of um, 
how body image and um, all the kind of different diet cultures and all the, all the stuff has affected us. Um, I've come out the other side of that and I'm like, right, let's talk about it. Let's unpack this. Let's unlearn this. And um, yeah, so that's what I want to do. And you do a lot of work with that. You've got your own podcast called The Bodcast, mm. which is fantastic. <laughs> they're like little short episodes and they're great because you – you managed to – yeah, I find it amazing. You managed to fit in so much in like a five-minute or a seven-minute episode. Um, and I'm like, I feel like I would just ramble the whole time. <laughs> you just like pack it in, well, so it's great. <laughs> that's the beauty, I guess, for, for both of us is that that's what – you know, you, what you do, I love, I love listening to your episodes. I feel like I'm with you. And especially now that I've been, you know, in face-to-face situation with you, I'm like, this is exactly what it's like to be across the table from you listening to your podcast. You're telling a story and you're like, and then this happened. And And I was like, what the hell? Um, and the singing, the whole bit, the whole thing. The whole bit. Um, (laughs) for me, I'm known as that, like I'm that person that people are like, can you find your way to the point yeah. at some stage um and so what I do is I script the episodes so I do my research and my writing beforehand and then I read read through the episode in a very structured way because what I really want to do is for people to hear the episode take something away from it but like that just be a little little like you know open the door and walk through and go okay this is a topic that I'm interested in and I think I know human nature and you will know this being a, a you know um neuro brain person queen um (laughs) my god say words april jesus um but you'll know that people will listen while they're interested but they will tune out you know and and something sometimes when things are hard to hear hard to hear excuse me just you know choking on my own awesomeness um (laughs) when things are hard to hear people will tune out rather than listen they just go i don't know blah 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 this is a quick not hopefully not too uncomfortable moment of listening to what could be a hard topic or a topic that hits home um, hits a nerve yeah. um, and then it's like you can go away and sit with that rather than sitting through me dribbling on like I am right now. Yeah, but it's good and it's also like a good like snippet food for thought. How how many – It's is it weekly, your mm-hmm. episodes? Um, I am on – I'm on holidays at the moment. I'm, I'm doing um, air quotes there because what is holidays? What, what is a holiday now? holidays. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But – I'm on a short break. Um, so season two was 12 episodes and each one was somewhere between four and nine minutes long. Yeah, it's great. No, it's great because you get like these like these snippets where you kind of can it's, – it's also a really good conversation starter, I feel, because you can be like, you know – I mean, podcasts in general, I think, are the best conversation starters at the moment. People are like, oh, I'm listening to this yeah. podcast and they're talking about this. And it's, it could be any topic, anything, fiction, nonfiction. That's what I love about it. But, yeah, yours are great yeah. for that. Um, okay, so let's go into – a little bit about your journey because you are an activist. You are very big on, you know, breaking that mold of, you know, body image and what is the ideal body, if anybody, you know, like it's that whole concept of uh, me going on a slight tangent. I just finished listening to a podcast called Fallen Angel and it's like the fall of Victoria's Secret and it was very interesting about why that happened and the timing of it and it's like this whole um, awareness and people being like enough of this kind of how we're viewed in this way and this expectation of looking a certain way and how they just kind of crumbled because all these smaller brands just emerged kind of at the same time around like 2016, 17. So that's just a slight tangent, but that's kind of what we're talking about. That's the conversation. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a really, you know, that's an important one, I think, because we know that we talk about, and obviously uh, for people who kind of are new to or haven't really spent a lot of time in the spaces where people are talking in activist terms or using the, uh, more politicised language, I guess what we're really trying to do is 
um, change the way that people think about their bodies, regardless of what the media feeds them, Mm -hmm. what you're told. I guess the way of explaining that or the way that I more speak about those kinds of things is to say that people in marginalised bodies or with intersecting marginalised identities, that is, identities that are not considered mainstream, uh, are no longer being excluded by a system of oppressive um, behaviour that's led by the patriarchy, Mm -hmm. which even when I heard myself saying that, I was like, what does that even mean, babe? Like, what is that? What what are you even saying? Um, But, you know, I think that it's, it's hard for us sometimes to engage with these conversations if we're, if we're feeling like a little bit, uh, like they're a bit too academic. So what I'm trying to do is make it easier for people to understand and, 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 be active in their own kind of dismantling of these things. So if it's something like, I don't know, when I was a kid, certain TV shows had certain messages, whether they were overt or covert messages, whether they were directly saying this one's hot and this fat one's not hot, but Mm. at least she's got a good personality. Like those types of messages wanting to say, I know that you think that's true because everyone around you has told you that this is true and you yourself have told, said that message to yourself that it's true, your values are signed based on your body's abilities or size or weight or blah, blah, blah. Um, And so I guess what I want to do is take that learning that I'm doing and that I've done around, you know, the complete untruth of that. And that's both the learning experience which is going out to the pub in shorts like I did the other weekend that's an experience that I great outfit I loved it actually if I was like damn I look cute which did you know probably (laughs) probably why the um the rude lady who was like oh dear didn't really bother me because I was like what I'll do what? Like, whatever. Oh, um, but don't also, get me yeah, making on unsolicited it... comments, but anyway, continue. Oh, just, I, it, she was just lucky that the people that I was with were like, don't. I was like, because mm. I was, <laughs> I was more just like, wanted to be like, are you serious? Mm. Like, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to do, like, what am I going to do? I'm gonna, what am I going to do? Fight her? No. <laughs> don't touch my face. Like, what? No. But I, I would have liked to be like, really? Yeah. Is that, did you come out today to just be rude to people? Yeah. And I just was like, I'm going to just grab my drink and just keep going um, because I don't have time. And and I think that's, you know, what I want to do is is really bring that conversation up because I, I am that person. I, I used to always get this comment, oh, April always says what everyone else is thinking. Good. And I think that, I guess that's part of, well, yeah, it's part of that, I don't know, being the fat, funny friend, you know, that most things that are funny usually are derived from something truthful, whether mm. it's something nice or something not so nice. And I think that's probably more that I would say the zinger, you know? Yeah. Like I'd be like, ooh. Yeah, you can say that, be like, that oh, thing damn. that are going to – Yeah. Yeah, it's like that shock value or people find it funny or whatever and they're going to expect it from you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I think I'm going to use that, that like I said, my little superpower, which is being willing to go in and do that. Um, you know, and I'm also, you know, someone who I consider myself – bit of a defender of people so in a situation where someone else was having something said to them for example I might be like what no yep. so um I want to I want to use that as my kind of what I'm going to do what I'm going to contribute to changing the way that people see themselves and the way that we talk about ourselves yeah definitely and I feel like a lot of this so there's an image right that society has created and every culture has their own version of that image of like what an ideal is and what people should look like and I think that there's so many components to it like obviously the advertising industry it's like they make you feel like you need something or that you don't have something in order for you to it's not like they're not going to sell you something if they're like oh if you want it you can have it they're going to make you feel like you need to be a certain way so that's all kind of woven into it but I think I kind of just went on a tangent. I was trying to think what I was going to say. 
And I feel that people have it's, – it's two-pronged. There's two-pronged. There's, one is people thinking that they need to look a certain way or be a certain way. And then there's the entitlement to tell people or to make comments. Like you said, that woman that made a comment to you. Okay, I think that yeah. there's two things that society needs to learn. Bullying and unsolicited comments is taught. That's learnt behaviour and it's observed. Yeah. Okay, where is that coming from, for starters? So I think you're t- I think this whole thing is tackling two two things. There's the the entitlement to say something to somebody else when it has absolutely when it's got no direct impact on your life whatsoever, and then there's this all other like this other concept of body image what we're supposed to look like who's setting that standard and why yeah exactly and I think I the the first part being around unsolicited comments is about learning how to handle them because they're not going away Mm. like as you say they're taught and that the people who are making the comments as adults now likely have impressionable younger people in their lives who are learning that from them. Yeah. So there's no, it's not like one generation, oh, done. Okay, we got rid of that. We got rid of that problem. That's not a thing. No. Um, but I think more so that we're going to see more and more kids who are willing to go, that's rude. Mm. My mum says that's rude or whatever. Hopefully my child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, our, the lesson at our house is we don't talk about it the way other people look. We yep. talk about whether they're a good person um, and we're also destigmatizing observations. So that is if my child's like, oh, you have a fat belly. I'm like, yeah, and you don't have a fat belly. But mm-hmm. um, And then, you know, I like to demonstrate drum noises because that's like, what can you do with a fat belly? So being able to make an observation to someone, Miles, to say, oh, you have a fat belly. Maybe like, yes, I do. And not be offended by that. Yes. Or not show him that I feel any kind of way about being told that because, I mean, it's true. Um, and so I, I, by being able to change the way I perceive myself, mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me if he says something like that because I'm like, well, yeah. Yes. So, yes. and yes, and you have brown hair. Like, what's the point of the story? Exactly. Um, so being able to do that in the home, I think, is a part of my goal to raise a person who would never, for a start, never speak to someone about how they look, mm. but also that would say to someone else, oh, we don't talk like that. Gross. Like yeah. don't, you know, don't um, continue that, that trauma to instead be able of breaking To pull someone cycle. else up and... Yeah. yeah. And then the second thing, of course, who's who's informing these messages? Who's telling us? Well, and that that's something that, you know, as since probably i guess mid 2020 we've been talking a lot about who's in charge of what what system and who's who's making the decisions and we know that there's a lot of power that's been taken um by cis het men um mm-hmm. usually white men and although we know that other people can be agents of that of that system of patriarchy um you know for the most part it's about being able to say okay who have we got in the room who's the decision maker who's influencing this situation because when it's not the same people it's always been something different will happen yeah so when we see more brown and black ceos who are not cis men who you know all of the different i'm not gonna you know i could exhaust a a series of labels until my i was blue in the face but Mm. i guess what i'm saying is when we get rid of the same old same old we're gonna see something new and that's another goal i think by being visible like in the modeling industry um you know i definitely think that there are more whether we call ourselves plus models curve models or just models um it's not up to me how people self-id but for me i'm a fat woman who is a model Uh i don't think that we need to categorise models that way. Um, and that's a subject for another day. Um, but I think that 
having that influence and the market being influenced by seeing those people sends a message back also to those people in those positions of power to say, actually, nobody wants to see the same old thing they've been seeing. They want to see themselves and they're diverse and they're different and they're not just this cookie cutter person. And I feel like now it's heading in a much deeper way. I think like brands that want to be noticed and care and I mean, I'm sure a lot of brands do it just for the bottom line. I get that. But there are other brands that actually like want to change the narrative. They want to change the story. And it's so much more than what, what you see maybe 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. It's like, this is a photo of this look that we're trying to go for, of this image, and that's about it. Now you're getting brands who have, you know, conversation starters, podcasts. They're bringing all these different people in, the people from different... You know, I think it's changing now to we need to see people, no matter what they look like, no matter what their size, what their whatever, we need to see people as people, you know, and it's yes. changing that idea. It's, you know, bringing a voice to each person that's representing our brand or wearing our clothes or wearing our underwear. And I feel like, I don't know, like obviously I get algorithms on Instagram, but I feel like things are changing quite rapidly, at least based on the brands that I follow. It's quite amazing to see what you're seeing now with brands versus even five years ago. Absolutely. And I think you're right that there is an element of the brands do it for, like you said, the bottom line, and that means sort of tokenistic representation. But at the same time, I feel like when they see that that performs well, that continues until the point where diversity is ingrained in the work that they do. And I go, well, is it a means to an end? Like, do we do we allow that to continue while also doing work in, you know, uh, exposing that kind of tokenistic or um, diversity for the sake of diversity yeah. kind of attitude? I'm like, if you're the person who finally sees himself represented, it probably hasn't done any harm. No, even I agree. Even if the only reason yeah. they picked... A, you know, a, a person of colour or they, you know, have a, a disabled model or whatever it might be, if you see yourself there and that makes you feel something good, then uh, fine. Do you know what? Exactly, fine. exactly. It's but not I, the worst thing. I don't, what I don't like is brands who try to put on a face of like, we are this, we're so diverse, we're so mm. inclusive, we're so bl-. No, you're not. It's only, you know, like when we mm. go to your boardroom, we're still seeing stale, pale male. Like yes. if we're if we're yeah. not going to see leadership that's diverse we know then that you're just trying to do it so that we feel represented which like I said not a bad thing but don't pretend that you're something you're not and I think that there will be people probably at the middle levels especially um for some of the smaller businesses who are genuine about their want for diversity and because that leans into that that kind of what's what's fashionable at the moment which is to have diverse representation Mm. um that that goal will be met even if it's not for the same reasons so I think yeah we start with diverse representation in mainstream media and I think we need to also see diverse representation in leadership so you know new CEOs being appointed of big global corporations let them not be the same type of person they've always been yeah give other people like an opportunity exactly so I want to know your were you always the way you are today was there a line in the sand that marked a big change for you was it a slow evolution I think a lot of people really want to know what makes people feel confident in their own skin what makes people have that level of self-love what was it for you I left a really toxic relationship a romantic relationship a really toxic one and coming out the other side of that was really tough but because of a number of different factors um, and one of those being that I had 
um, changed, had a lower body weight when I left that, left that relationship. And my weight had been a massive part of what was toxic in our relationship because this person was a horrible bully, you know, about Mm. my weight and had really, I'd really struggled against the internalized messaging, which was so then pushed forward by this person, you know, right, you know, every day. So I left that toxic relationship after four and a half years. Mm. Um, what, what the? Um, but leaving that relationship was the start of me choosing against things that were bad for me. So being like, I'm not going to do that. I know how that story goes. I'm not going to do that. And being really, really standing by what I wanted and what I didn't want. Um, and that was probably the beginning. And then I think if I look at who I am today, I mean, we know that it's an everyday thing, right? I'm a different person today than I was last week and so on. But if I think about when I became this person who was determined to bring about change and when I, you know, decided that there was more to this than just saying random things to people, you know, in a conversation where someone's saying something mean to themselves about their body image and being like, hey, don't talk about yourself like that. You know, that's that's the kind of the opening of that um, and being able to, to talk about the fact that when you have people in your life who will repeat to you the, the messages that you say to yourself mm. or will kind of back you up in being mean to yourself, um, then you never get to get away from that but when you surround yourself with people who aren't like that you will find that you'll suddenly be like oh that's actually really mean you can't talk to me like that whether you're saying that to yourself or to someone else yeah um so I think what what started this journey was um however many years ago it was now five or six um seven even um I I left a toxic relationship um since then have um had a number of friendship breakups because the the people in my life um I decided that I was going to set a standard for how how I was going to treat myself yeah. and people that I was going to be friends with were going to treat me the same way, um, that I wasn't going to allow people to, to put me down or Did you find anything that like hard? That. Did you find that difficult to do that? Or was it kind really of difficult. part of the journey? No, really hard. And especially because in, in most cases, people don't think they're doing anything wrong. Right. Like Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, but you were always like, you were fine about that. Like, you know, whether it's calling out someone and being like, please don't use casual racism, you know, whatever, you know, for me as someone who's a mixed race person, I've always been on the bigger side. um, And, you know, right now I'm kind of in the middle of the the body weight kind of scale that I've been on in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, For someone who's always tolerated, um, jokes at my expense whether that's about being brown or whether it's about being a fat girl or whatever it is um it's been really hard because people will see how you what you allow every every time you don't say no you're saying yes Mm -hmm. to people's behavior Mm -hmm. and so when when you don't call someone out and say oh I don't like that they think that you do like it or that you don't mind and that they like it and that's the most important thing so yeah definitely um getting out of relationships, whether they be romantic or friendship or whatever, um, where I was being bullied. Like, and that's, that's what it is. Like if you boil that down, the things that was, have been said and done to me in the, in the past with people who I thought were my friends Mm. or were my partner, it was bullying. And that's huge. That's huge. I think a lot of people would right now, a lot of listeners would be in the situation that you were in where they feel uncomfortable, but they don't, label it as bullying because I think a lot of people don't want to admit that they're being bullied by the people that are supposedly closest to them you know so it's a yeah probably a hard truth to get your head around 
it really it is and it was and I think you know even looking at the way that we've um evolved conversations around what's acceptable in relationships in terms of um family violence and Mm. abuse it's hard for people to look at their lives and go oh this is actually really unhealthy and I don't I don't think it's easy to do and even when you know it's not easy to walk away I mean the relationship that I left wasn't one that was going along great until suddenly it wasn't. It was awful. Like, a lot of it was awful. And when I look back, I'm like, I don't know. And my friends were like, yeah, we hated that guy. Like, <laughs> but my brother my brother <laughs> said to me, I hated that guy from the first time I met him. Mm. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me? He goes, would you have listened? Good point. Yeah. Game set and match, Christopher. So, I, like, it's it's true. And I think the idea that as especially, you know, and not to harp too much on it, but like as a, a person of color and a, and a fat person, I've always been taught to expect a little bit less, mm-hmm. like, or to put up with a little bit more bullshit. And I think that that's part of what I'm trying to get rid of. People don't have to, you know, put their put their idea of how much they're worth or what they should tolerate at a different level to anyone else. Everybody is entitled to the same amount of respect. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, at the moment we've got a conversation that's that's talking about the way that um, disabled lives are being undervalued by the the actions relating to the pandemic. And I don't want to go too too far into that, obviously, because that's a, a pretty big topic. I don't think we can dive into it at this point. But I think just to say people will, people in power whatever kind of power that looks like, actual political power or social power or whatever that looks like, will try to make other people feel smaller or less valuable to push their own value up. Mm -hmm. Now, when when you can realise, and I say when you can because it takes time to get to a point where you can go, oh, I actually do believe that. I don't just hear those words and, and, and think, oh, that person believes it, but I don't. But when you can realise that your value is the same as anyone else, right? I don't care. Barack Obama or uh, Oprah or you or me or, like, the random person down the street making coffees or, like, whoever it is, none of those people are better than each other. Mm. Some of them have achieved a lot more. Some of them have had opportunities. Some of them have been held back. Some of them have been oppressed. Some of them have overcome things and been resilient. But we're all worth the same. We're all humans and we all have a one-to-one ratio against each other. Nobody is better than anybody else. And I think people will look for ways to bring other people down, not because they're not necessarily because they're trying to bring you down, but because they're trying to push themselves up. It's usually not about you. When other people are horrible to you, it's usually about them. That's exactly what I was talking about in my most recent episode that just came out. um, Well, we're recording it. It just came out on Friday today. Um, And it's exactly what I was saying that I think people think in order to feel good about myself, I need to make sure that, that person is below me, in my head at least. I need to push them down. But you're never going to achieve happiness because you're always in this competitive, threatened state, always. you know. And people that are truly at peace with themselves, with their lives, don't even engage in comparison at no point. At no point do they engage in comparison. They only compare things that are tangible like performance in a race, for example, where you have to... Exactly. Compare, you know, but, but as far as they yeah. don't go around saying you... Because I was talking about in, in this context of, you know, how unhealthy it is to talk about your partner's ex being like, they were an idiot, they were this, they were that. Why do you need to make their ex be so shit in order for you to feel good? But we're primed yeah. to compete. 
So then when someone sees someone that might have a quote-unquote weakness, they were like, oh, I'll, be the quick, I'll be the first one to highlight that person's weakness so no one sees mine. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think that there is some – sometimes we – and I'll, I'll be the first person to admit that in the past – I was the kind of person that would exploit someone's weakness as as a joke, mm-hmm. like as in I would think I was being funny. Yeah, Because yeah. for clarity, um, punching down, it's not a thing. Like, it's not a vibe. But I, I would actively be like, oh, whatever it was. Like, in my brain, I'm just, like, trying to think of the most arbitrary thing I can make a joke about. Like, oh, um, or did you see that person's, like, tucked their, I don't know, their dress into their undies? Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, I literally yeah. can't think of something now because <laughs> I've, like, conditioned my brain to not – look yeah. at people and make horrible judgments. But that's actually an example from my real life where I actually was washing my hands after going to the toilet when I was at school and all my whole class started laughing and I didn't know why they were laughing. It was because I had my school uniform tucked into my little <laughs> pink undies. Oh, um, anyway, yeah, we've all been there. but my point being that when you look for ways to, um, like you say, highlight and exploit other people's weaknesses to make yourself feel better, what are you really doing? You're actually, you're actually being a bully. You're actually not being a good person. And I think that there are a lot of, you know, like if we look at the way you talked about algorithms before, and I think Instagram has perfected the way that the human brain is designed to go, oh, how do I be better than someone? So whether it's follow account, like count, um, insights, metrics, all of that. And people get attached to the idea that their value is assigned by a number on a website that was mm. made by some dude just trying to make money. Like... No. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. No. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's so true. And yeah, okay, so I wanna know, I'm just put down a few like um what I did is that I grabbed a lot of questions that people have asked in the past when we're talking about self, like validation and what, what you seek in others and all of that. One thing that a lot of people do is seek their own validation in other people. So I'd like to know yeah. where you feel validated, how you feel validated personally. I mean, I'm a human being, so I still definitely seek external validation, i.e., do I look cute? Mm -hmm. Um, I normally ask my four-year-old, I'm like, how do I look? And he will answer either cool or cute or beautiful, and I'm like, good. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Um, He knows. He knows what's up. Um, Or he will – and he also will come to me now and be like, do I look cute? I'm like, yes, you do, because you always do. Um, And, look, yeah, I think that – it's it's definitely for me validation is more like self-talk so then I have this reflexive kind of if I if I hear or feel something I don't know what it could be but maybe I see something online and my brain's like oh I wish you wish you were that of this person you know like you maybe you see someone looking gorgeous in a certain outfit or you just whatever it might be and then I just say to myself yeah but you're fine you're fine Mm -hmm. like it's fine so it's nothing it's nothing I'm not it's not profound I don't I don't tell myself any great long mantras I'm just like you're fine it doesn't matter like it doesn't your value isn't on the outside like it's not so I think for me it is I have affirmed within myself and I'm at peace with the fact that the most important thing about me isn't how I look Mm. and also because I am I, I am who I am and I, I do still attach value to myself in that way. Like I do, I care if I look put together. I care if I, yeah. if my outfit looks bomb. I care if I look glamorous. I care if I'm eye-catching. Yes. I don't care if I'm thin looking. I don't care if my outfit's flattering. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. want to look yeah. fashionable and outrageous and exciting and yeah. a bunch of other things. But what I don't need to be is better than someone else, thinner well, than someone else. Yeah. And I think that there's a difference between um, 
comparison and comparing yourself. Oh, sorry. So I'm just getting fucking calls coming in left, right, and center. Go away. Um, I feel like there's a difference between comparison versus self-expression. I think when you truly can express yourself, I think that that's, I, th- I genuinely think that that's an innate human behavior to want to express yourself. Yes. Animals do it. All yeah. mammals do it. We all express ourselves. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with being like, I need to wear blue eyeshadow today because that's how I'm going to express myself today. I want to show people that through this, I'm bold. I'm this, I'm that. I think that's actually quite healthy that you can like find your own, find your own way of showing your art, your expression. It's an yeah. issue when it turns into comparison, comparing and being like, that's better than this. That's not better than that. Exactly right. Um, one of the worst things ever is the phrase, who wore it better? Get in the bin. I hate Straight that. to the bin here. Agreed. Hate it. Um, because what, I, literally even Mary-Kate and Ashley can't be compared side by side of who wore it better. And they're exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's, to me, I just go, what does it matter? Who wore it? Yeah. Looks cute. Looks cute. Good job. Well done. Like, I don't. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, whether it be, um, I remember being really angry about seeing comparison of the wedding dresses of the two princesses, so Kate and Megan. Yes. And I was like, what, why are we, why? Stop it, just stop it. And it's, it's the thing of that continued conversation around pitting people against each other, especially women um, and, and non-binary people. Like I think, I think that we really see men being compared to each other except when it's like who's the hottest oh they're both so hot like whatever it is yeah whereas women it's like who's got the most flaws this one or that one and and I think that um you know femme presenting people um of whatever gender will probably experience have experienced that and have an understanding of that and I just don't I don't I know why like I, I say this in a way that I'm like I know why but I'm like but why why is this still a thing and I think it's because a lot of people are not open to changing the way that they are. Um, a lot of people will talk about change for the sake of change, you know, uh, this woke culture and all these things that they they perceive to be made up complaints about what used to be the good old days yeah. because they were good for them. But I didn't have a problem. Well, no, you wouldn't because you were living in a state of extreme privilege. Perhaps you were a horrible person. I don't know. <laughs> um, exactly. And I think that's important that those two things are distinct. I don't think that people who have privilege are necessarily horrible but if you're not willing to use your privilege for good um to dismantle oppression then perhaps you are a little bit horrible um yeah and if you're not willing to have self-awareness and start the conversation at the very least be like i want to learn at the very least you know but there's a lot of people that would refuse and and also not only refuse but actively be like oh all this pc you know um complaining and all this you know literally to me is one of the things that maybe irritates me the most is when somebody says, oh, you can't say anything anymore. Mm. Yeah. Well, you can as long as it's not like racist, homophobic or like ableist. Or yeah. You can pretty much say whatever you want as long as it's not awful. Um, and, and, and so if what you want to say is awful, hmm, think on that, doll. Yeah, and how a lot of people often, not always, but often in like generations above, but in general, how a lot of people are like, I just don't get the whole gender neutral and they start going on about how they they don't get it so because you don't get it you now don't think it should be treated equal you now don't think it should be given importance because you don't understand and I think that that's a really bad 
um, idea that I think people have that in order for you to respect it, you have to understand it. That's wrong. You don't have to understand something in order to respect it. I can respect your culture and not understand anything about it, but still respect it. I can respect you as a person and have never met you. This idea that you need understanding to respect, I think, is very flawed and it causes a big divide because you're different to me. I don't get you. I don't have to respect you. Yeah, yeah, the, and the narcissism, I think, that's involved in needing to be able to relate to something for it to have relevance yes. and deserve respect. Yes, that's so true. Um, it's very much somebody's daughter, somebody's wife, somebody's mother kind of vibes. Um, like the, having to be to relate something back to yourself to be able to give it credibility yeah. in your eyes. Um, and also the idea that people will... You've touched on something there that I'm just like, oh, it drives me nuts. Is is older generations, but just just anyone, close-minded people mm-hmm. of any age and any generation, because we know that there are you know grandmas out there who are you know fully in activism and getting totally. out there. So it's definitely 100%. not just yeah. the age thing, but no. um, those those boomer types or those close-minded people who will say, oh, in my day, blah blah. blah. I'm like, yes, but in your day, when you were my age, you were fighting for something else, mm-hmm. and you you were like, oh, you guys just don't get it to your parents and your grandparents. Why do you think that the planet will just stop evolving now because you're comfortable? Like, what what importance do you have over the planet that we're gonna just go right? This is this person's comfort zone. Let's just stop right here. Evolution? No, let's can it. Right? Yeah. Okay. This person doesn't know how to use a mobile phone. Let's all just throw our mobile phones in the bin and go back to the good old days of having a phone on the wall because this person's comfortable with it. Yep, exactly. And it's this idea that you choose when your day is. If you want to keep evolving with the times, that you don't have to ever say, "Oh, in my day," because you're up to date with the day you know what I mean I think a yes, lot of people so get true. stuck in their old ways and refuse to evolve and then they segregate between generational gaps but it's like you don't have to do that if you don't want to and, and how often have you looked back on like whatever you might have thought oh my the good old days like you know for me it was when I was in my 20s because that was some time ago now mm-hmm. and I go actually some of that wasn't that good <laughs> that was yeah. actually quite terrible but conversely, we would look at ourselves when we were at our most self-critical, so teenage years, and go, actually, I looked fine. I was fine. I was really cute. Yeah. And so we never actually know. Like when we have this kind of nostalgia or this reflection on, on the past, we're rarely accurate because yeah. when we really look at what we're thinking about, we're like, oh, actually, that wasn't that great. And these times that were actually terrible – I, I pine for the days of having no responsibility and being told what school shoes to wear and, you know, being allowed to sleep all day even though it was a total waste of my school holidays yeah. Um, because those were the days. <laughs> those were definitely the days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. And it is. You look at the past through, you know, you cherry pick what you want to remember so it's easy yeah. to make the past look better than the, than the now. When in reality, you, it's, it's, you go through moments in every, you know, era of your life and it's I think it's yeah um okay Um, yeah absolutely now another thing I wanted to touch on is this body image body acceptance or the term body neutral which I heard Riley Hemson talk about on a podcast you know healthy chick 101 on Instagram she's she's I fucking love her um and she was talking about body neutral is something that she practices a lot it's this she says I don't have to be obsessed with every aspect of my body but I'm so neutral about myself I love myself and I love how I look many times of the day but it's this idea of not having to love every aspect of my body in order to respect it yes I actually have a really interesting um I read a really interesting 
I'm just leaning away from my microphone there. Sorry, everyone. Um, I just wanted to make sure I could refer to this. So I have always talked about body acceptance. That's always been more like my vibe because that's, I guess that's accurate to what I am and how I am. I accept. Like, not in a way that I'm like sadly resigned to a fact, but more just that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, very, very chilled out. But I did read an interesting viewpoint, which I really would love to share, um, about body neutrality because I do think there's some important conversations that and this is by no means a criticism of Riley or anyone else who uses the term body neutral because the whole point is that we continue to learn this yeah and it's, it's having a conversation dragging about someone it. yeah yeah so um George Allen Hall I'm just making sure I'm saying that right George Allen Hall who is a person that I follow online um they are a model and an activist and just generally awesome Offering up body neutrality as an alternative to body positivity does nothing for the well-being of fat folks. Body neutrality is no more radical of a politic than body positivity. The alternative you are looking for is fat liberation, which is a politic that people of all sizes can and should actively align with and participate in. I thought that was really interesting Mm. and more so the caption about the, the fact that body neutrality focusing on what your body can do, not what it looks like, is a great sentiment, and it is, uh, unless you come into a disability or your body doesn't live up to the standards in terms of what you can do. So especially for, say, for yourself as someone who's quite fit, active, um, you do a lot of physical activity, mm-hmm. um, I, I think my body can't do what yours can do. But I'm okay with that because I'm not trying to do what you're trying to do. Totally, yeah. But if we were, if we were to say, oh, okay, we want to make everybody feel like they don't have feelings about their body – then that kind of doesn't allow for us to um, – that doesn't allow for us to have, like, you know, the idea of a reasonable adjustment for someone whose body doesn't – you know, the world's not made for someone mm-hmm. whose body is different. And so I think that body neutrality as a sentiment around your own body is great, but I think body neutrality as a movement, um, you know, especially relating to what I've just said, and obviously um, I know that some of your listeners who are going to be – not necessarily involved or interested in the fat liberation side of things or the body positivity movement so much as body confidence and self, you know, positive self image might go, I haven't heard of this or this isn't something that's for me. That's one of the reasons why I think that it's great that there's space for everybody to have their opinion and talk about things online and for us to gather and learn and, and find out things, you know, learn something today that you didn't know yesterday. It's why the podcast exists. It's why you do what you do. It's so that everybody can feel heard and seen and learn things and grow and become better people. Yeah. So I think that body neutrality is, or for, for me, body acceptance is really important to allow us to give ourselves the grace to move through the world without critiquing ourselves constantly. Totally. What that does is gives us space in our minds to turn to the idea that, okay, I feel good about me and I'm okay with me and I'm, I'm you know, I've gotten past some of the things that made my life you know made me feel like my life was affected by my body the way it looks and so on so that we can think about the ways that we can contribute to making it easier for other people Mm -hmm. who don't have the same privilege that we have to feel the same way does that make sense yeah definitely definitely and I feel like there's this um and I think it you don't want to pressure people into thinking, you know, for example, let's say someone's like, I love everything about my body. I love absolutely everything about my body and I'm so happy because of it. And if you're someone standing there being like, I don't feel that way. Does that mean that I'm less off or that I don't? That like, should I have to love every aspect of my body in order to feel that I love myself? And I think no. the answer is no. I don't think you have, I don't think anyone has to in order to 
be deserving of self-love or self-confidence or, or to behave in a really confident way. Right. Um, I think that... Uh, I don't have a problem with people who proclaim to love every part of themselves. I do think that that might be a little bit like, I, I'm like, well, oh, I can't, even I can't relate to that. And I'm, you know, I, I am someone who's confident and I don't, the, the sense or the feeling of not being in shame or in guilt about your body and loving it are not the same. And you don't have to make them, you don't have to equate. I don't feel shame about my body is not the same as I love my body. Yep. And I think neutrality is I don't feel shame. Yeah, exactly. I don't feel bad. Um, and I think acceptance is I'm okay with. So if we're like, if we're on a scale from, from negative to positive, I think body neutrality, I think body acceptance is just on the right-hand side mm-hmm. closer towards a positivity because acceptance is a piece. Yep. Neutrality is a total lack of feeling. I, I'm going for inner peace. That's, yep. that's my vibe. Um, and not in a like live, laugh, love kind of a way, just wanting to be able to go, I'm not going to get up in the morning and let how I feel about the jiggly bits ruin my day. Exactly. Cause it's cool. I'm cool. It's cool. I'm cool with it. And I think that we need to be really ready to, to also see that that's a privilege. Like we are people, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to speak for you and say people like you and I who feel pretty good about themselves a lot of the time because we've overcome some of the things that have, you know, in the past made mm. us feel like we should be a certain way or we're not quite where we need to be or whatever yeah. it is, you know, and that now we engage, whether it's, you know, we're doing movement for joy or however you want to phrase, you know, you love to get the endorphin rush from being active, like however you phrase that or however it looks for you. Also being able to go, for some people, they literally can't do that. For yeah. some people who live with disabilities or who are being really badly affected by the pandemic in terms of their safety and their psychological safety, not only their physical safety in terms of actually catching the virus, but how will it be affecting people psychologically? And that's not just people who have um, obviously uh, visible dis- disabilities either. Like I think we need to, I think the reason that, body positivity started was to liberate people whose bodies were always looked down upon from that kind of oppression. We've moved into a space now where, um, you know, body positivity online is mostly about accepting flaws. So if that's what we think of as body positivity, then we need something else to actually do what body positivity was originally designed to do. And that's where fat liberation comes in. And as I've said, um, and I know that, it, you know, for some people who probably may not know who I am or what I do might be like, oh, this is a bit of a random topic for Alexis. Like, this is not necessarily something that you're always talking about. But when we think about what you are doing with this podcast, which is teaching people to simply be themselves mm-hmm. and know that that's enough, because yeah. that's what I get out of your podcast. Yeah, I te- I, it's to teach people to have a better relationship with themselves, ultimately. Exactly. And so I think if you wake up in the morning and you go, I'm me and that's great. I'm happy with that. I'm okay with that. That's, that's like the most that you can do some days. And then if you wake up in the morning, you're like, I look fierce. I look hot. I feel good. I'm well rested and hydrated and all the things that you need to be to to have a good day feeling confident. That's amazing. But if you wake up in the morning, you feel a bit blah. That's also fine. It doesn't mean that you're suddenly less valuable as a person. It doesn't mean that you should suddenly, you know, um, be angry at yourself or bully yourself Mm. about it or let other people bully you about it you just it's one day yeah it's one day and I think as we've talked about time doesn't mean anything so one day is just a blip um and and you just get back on and you try again the next day yeah I couldn't agree more okay I've got one final question for you and it is and this is a bit of like a 
this loaded question because it's not easy to answer, but what for you is the key to happiness? Oh, that's a great question. And I feel very like, I don't know if I know how to answer this eloquently or in, in a, you know, in a way that's not going to be a ramble. Um, queen of the rambles. Um, the key to happiness for me, the thing that I I do that means that every day I'm able to find something good and something to be happy about is that I realise that at the end of the day, we're all just doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. Nobody... Nobody is going to, in their lifetime, achieve the same things that I'm going to do. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. You know, you could look at that as a a positive or a negative. But I am doing my best. Uh, I am trying to choose choices that I think will bring value and happiness to other people. And I'm not... I'm not going to... I'm not going to be the person who who gets up in the morning and says to myself, right, what are you going to do today? I'm like, I get up in the morning and I'm just going to say to myself, you're going to do your best. You're going to, you know what I mean? I'm Mm. not going to take on the day. I'm not going to slay the day. I mean, maybe I will. I I am, I am the kind of person who, who does love to be, you know, really out there and really intense. And so sometimes that may involve a a minor amount of slaying. Um, (laughs) But I don't wake up in the morning and set a goal to achieve something that I can't even, you know, imagine. I just simply wake up in the morning and I go, you're going to do the best you can. You're going to be the best you that you can be. You're going to try not to be terrible to other people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the key to my happiness is just knowing that I'm doing the best that I can. I love that. That's great. Thank you so much. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I feel like that episode flew, for me at least. It went really quickly. I know. That's the fastest 48 minutes and 43 seconds ever. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, are you on my Facebook page at all? On the Do You Fucking Mind Facebook page? I don't know. Because I'll get you on so. otherwise, just on Facebook. Because I think, yeah, if anyone has any questions to ask April, please, like, do it on the page. Maybe we can get some conversation started there. That would be really cool. Um, of course. Yeah, and we'll both, mainly April, but we'll both be answering the questions. Um, that would be great. Thank you so much, April, for coming on. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank of you. Course. Bye. I'm just going to. Bye. And stop.